loves hello loves and welcome back to my podcast in this podcast episode i talk with a dear friend of mine and we talk about sexuality sensuality um different society norms and how they affect our day-to-day lives but i hope you enjoy this podcast and i'm sending you so much love Yeah, I think my thoughts are very similar to yours. It's just this, like, an illusion of what we think we want, especially, like, as younger teenagers going into adulthood, and we, this is all we see, especially Mm -hmm. on movies and things like that. This is what we see as, like, sex and sexuality, but it's so much more than that, and I realized that when you actually have that deep connection with someone, it's not filmed. Like it has to be felt within the moment. And it right. people will try to find that. Like you were saying on TikTok, there was this girl <laughs> hooking up like gentle lovemaking, but mm-hmm. it just doesn't exist on the internet because yeah. it's such like an intimate time shared between like two or how many individuals. But mm-hmm. yeah, like growing up, that's your first image of sex especially like on movies it's just portrayed like so aggressively especially to like the feminine and Mm -hmm. I watched Game of Thrones and that show shows a lot of like sex and nudity but a lot of it is done to like the feminine and the man is like very aggressive with the feminine which is super interesting and I guess that plays into a lot of other ideas and structures in society but yeah it's like very toxic and very outdated and I realized when you said like it existed or it started when the hippie era was like happening like the 60s I realized that a lot of like sex addicts I guess like they it started in that generation Mm -hmm. that's what I think like or no like um I don't really know how to word it like people who are addicted to porn I guess like a lot of them are like 60 and then it went down generations yeah and I think the hippie movement also kind of started that because there was a lot of nude people because people were liberated by their bodies but in the masculine type of way that we kind of live in bodies are seen and deemed as inherently sexual which bodies are inherently sexual. And that's just something that we have to have a better conversation with within schooling and within a society is saying, do not look at a woman's body or even a man's body inherently sexual. It's bodies are a piece of art. It's a mosaic of who they are and what this vessel carries. Um, But we've twisted the idea of, oh, you see a body? That's a sexual object. I our minds automatically go to, I want to do something to that body. I want to touch that body. When a lot of women have grown up, like I grew up in a very um, like naked body open home where I took saunas, um, which is like a Finnish traditional sauna here in the United States, except you get naked with your family. And I've told people that and they're like, that's so weird, but it's not. We're hypersexualized here in America when the body is not sexual. And I know that you've said like, I think, well, I want to have you share your own story, but, um, you know, things like that. But also, there was one other thing that I wanted to add. Um, oh, like, the the quick, like, porn industry, like, the aggressiveness. I think that's why a lot of us have a fear of intimacy is because we think 
intimacy is supposed to look like that or a girl is supposed to look a certain way when performing or it's supposed to be a performance or women are supposed to have big butts and big boobs but it's so much more deeply beautiful than just seeing what a big butt is or what big boobs are um and within that like I I've been talking to people and they even say they're scared of intimacy I'm terrified of intimacy because of the way that I've seen it on movies and the way women are supposed to be engaging in certain ways and playful and men are supposed to be domineering when it's like that's a whole nother conversation submissiveness and dominance is has nothing to do with a man or a woman or genitalia in my opinion exactly and I also think like going back to what you said about nudity Mm -hmm. it's I remember like in history books they would touch on this very very briefly but they said like Mm -hmm. before religion was it like took over um women were very like praised and worshipped and they were seen as just these goddesses because they had Mm -hmm. the opportunity to birth like the spiritual and birth it into the physical and people saw that as just like the god of all gods like you are the creator basically but then you know christianity and catholic um church took over and they completely changed those ideas and what's interesting as is they made a lot of women ashamed of their body like if you walked out of the house naked like why would you do that why would you even think about doing that like and they shamed women especially like the only person who can see you naked is your husband and it was like so interesting because I grew up in a household where my mom she would walk around the house naked and it was like a normal thing like I never thought anything of it until I would like go to school and people would be like um that's not normal and I'd be like what the fuck (laughs) that is normal are you kidding me but it was because they grew up in households where if you were naked you only get naked when you're having sexual intercourse basically mm-hmm. and so it was just so interesting to have those polarities of ideas surrounding like nudity and yeah it's it's very interesting how some people think you should completely hide the body but I also think like now as a society they profit off of the fashion industry and like things like that so I mean it's a whole market now with like covering up your body and things like that. But besides that, I think, I don't know. It's just like interesting how they push insecurities on women, especially like if you have a better, bigger stomach or, you know, smaller boobs or bigger boobs, depending on like if you're insecure about specific things like that. But, mm-hmm. and then what you were also talking about was, um, aggression I think right yeah like and being scared of intimacy because also I'm not scared of intimacy like when you're on your own you're not scared of intimacy it's like I know a lot of women including myself and yourself we're rediscovering like this the beauty of our own magnetism through pleasure and that is so beautiful I think Mm. it's me being scared of having to perform for another person that intimacy is what I'm scared for because Mm -hmm. the way it's portrayed in every single movie or film yeah exactly and I 
This is one show I'm currently watching. It's the new Gossip Girl on HBO Max. And one of the relationships in the show is this poly relationship shared between like um, two guys and one girl. And so this is, I guess, a whole nother topic now, but talking about like being pansexual and poly, like, yeah. it doesn't have to be like just two people sharing a connection. I think when you have that like sacral sexual, wait, what was I saying? Sacred energy like infused in it. It is just such a different experience, but, but I was going to say something about aggression too, that played into that idea. But um, I don't know. Did you want to touch more on that? Cause I completely lost my train of thought. Um. I don't think I have anything more on that, but um, on the polyamorous and so like in, in America, polygamy is, I'm pretty sure, illegal and polygamy is a man having multiple wives, specific man having multiple wives, I think. I don't know if it's vice versa, um, because back in the day, men could have many wives and have many different kinds of children, but then that became legalized, um, I think, like the 19 19- early 1900s I want to say um but polyamory is becoming such a a bigger concept and polyamory is not polygamy polyamory is you're sharing a relationship with more than one person and polyamory can be something so vast and so wide and there's so much tabooness around it that me talking to romantic partners and some of them are just like oh no I want to own you like they're just like you're going to be mine and you will not be anybody else's and that's something scary that's also ingrained in society. And it's nobody's fault. It's just the way that it's been brought up by the church way back when that's been adopted and indoctrinated. And then um, just like even the hypersexualization, I've also talked to like romantic people that I want to be with. And they're like, oh, yeah, you can bring like another girl into the relationship. And it's like, then it feels hypersexualized almost. Mm-hmm. Like, I want you to actually want a polyamorous relationship, an open relationship. I don't want it to be something to do with sex. I want you to also understand the other person's mind and having that connection. I think polyamory starts with two people, whoever those two people are, and then adding another person. And I think that's kind of a test between the two people's strength as well. So let's say you're in a relationship with somebody. You've been together for a few years, but you're like, I want to see how we are adding another person. Because when you let's say this is getting kind of more into things but and stop me if you like you don't want to talk about certain things because you know this is your podcast um but like when you're having sex with somebody if there's another person so let's say you add another person to the relationship and you want to know how to you know better take care of your partner or having sex and you see how that other person added to the relationship is performing or being with the other person you can show and learn how to please your partner better in a divine way by observing and saying okay so you're like this I understand now this is your body language and body language is also something inherently beautiful that's also not talked about in the porn or sex industry of knowing this person's body does this when you touch it this way or even it doesn't have to be sexual it can even just be a connection like oh you like your hair being touched because it reminds you of being you know cared for as a child like let me you know play with your hair more like let me braid your hair or or whatever it may be body language is also something just so deeply inherent um and all this can also be found outside of a monogamous relationship between two people yes if that's for you that's awesome 
but question yourself. Am I wanting to be a monogamous because I'm scared of that person leaving me? Am I scared that that person is no longer going to belong to me? Because a lot of the people that I've talked to, they're scared of me not belonging to them anymore. Or, you know, I don't want to label it on just men. There's women out there too. Like when you talk to them, they're like, I'm, I'm going to lose you. Like you're not going to be mine. And I'm like, well, that's the, that's the issue. You're, you were never mine. I was never yours. We're our own people. We're just sharing this wonderful connection. Yeah, mm -hmm, exactly. And I think like you were saying how poly relationships, it's like this connection and you can kind of observe that other person. And I think Mm -hmm. I watched this TikTok and it was this guy and this girl and both of them do like OnlyFans as their job. Mm-hmm. And they both have sexual intercourse with like other people, but it's not a deep connection because it's literally just work and it is a performance. And like mm-hmm. even porn people who work in the porn industry, they'll like admit like it's a, a performance. It's a job. It's not like an actual connection. And yeah. I think when you're very observant as a child, especially like you can see that through the screen, like you can see that they actually don't have uh, intimate connection and on the TikTok I was watching these cup this couple and they have a podcast talking about all these different things and their experiences and then the guy was saying how he had this realization when he was meditating that he thinks he's pansexual and he mm-hmm. said when it comes to having a connection with someone, it's about connection, not what your genitalia is. And like, if you're a female or a male or like what you identify as, it's about like the actual connection you have with that individual. And if you feel safe with them and if you can actually like have an intellectual conversation with them and then it dives deeper into sexuality and sensuality and things like that. And he was saying, so I personally, what he was saying was Mm. I'm open to having that connection with a guy now, but I've only found it in women. But if I find it in a guy, I'm not opposed to it. Like I'm totally open to that now. And I was thinking that a lot of older generations don't understand that concept that it's not about genitalia. It's about, can you have a deep connection with someone And there's a lot of guys out there who have deep connections with their friends, but they aren't open to having an intimate connection with their friends because they've never been taught that that's safe. Like, that's okay to want to kiss your friends and have that intimate relationship with them. And then it goes, like, deeper that it might actually turn into a relationship. And I Mm -hmm. also think, like, society doesn't really show poly relationships and having open relationships because it is about owning a specific person and being like that's my girlfriend that's my boyfriend that's my fiance it's like Mm -hmm. you own someone with these like labels and you can't be owned by anyone because you're your own individual self and relationships are so much more than just having that one person because throughout your whole life you're going to have connections with so many different diverse groups individuals and it shouldn't just be restricted between like for one person and I think a lot of couples would learn more about their partner 
in their connection if they did open up their relationship to having more partners because then they're going to learn so much more about themselves. And I was also talking to someone and they were saying when you are in like a poly relationship, you are more open and receptive of learning things about yourself like emotionally because Mm -hmm. if you're just with like one person for 10 years you'll have the same triggers but when you are in a connection with someone else they bring up different triggers for you whether it's like sexual or emotional or anything like that so Mm -hmm. you do learn a lot more about yourself when you have a connection with more than like two people and if it's like intimate it just adds to that yeah Wow. Yeah, I'm trying to think more on that topic. Like, not so many things are coming to mind because they're kind of fully rounding those topics out. But yeah, um, I also where you can go. Okay, I also wanted to bring up the idea that like, um, sensuality is. I don't know the exact definitions between sensuality and sexuality, mm-hmm. but I know sensuality is. For me, I view it as more of, like, a personal energy that's, like, sacred to you. And so, like, when I dance, for example, it's a sensual practice. And it's, like, for me to acknowledge my energy and kind of focus on, like, my hips specifically and release through dance and, like, movement. And that's, like, a sexual sensual practice for me. Mm-hmm. And... I was thinking like our bodies are these tools and our bodies are like these medicine tools, I guess. And our whole existence is like a sensual experience. Yeah. There's like that saying like make love to life. Oh yeah. That's a good saying. Yeah. I think Aubrey Marcus is where I got it from and had told me, but like make love to everything that that is the energy it's encapsulated within so much the like when you touch a tree feel the divine connection between you and that tree feel the bark beneath your fingertips and that's where we've kind of been skewed away from like if you said that to somebody else who doesn't have the same mindset they'd be like ew like you're sexualizing the tree but no that's not how it is you're feeling the divine connection that you have between that is making love to life. It's, you know, holding your friends when you cry, that's making love to this energy of peace and gratitude. And, you know, with, within everything, when you go to bed and you give yourself a good night's sleep, that is making love to life. You're saying, thank you for another day. I'm going to sleep so well or rolling in the grass or whatever it may be. Like, we are in this unfolding love story of the universe and why not feel it to the deep depths that it is. And it makes me sad that some people will never understand their own pleasure with that can be found within their body. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the other thought that I had was uh, I was listening to a TikTok and it was saying boys are raised to be the opposite of women. So it's, it's, we can't necessarily blame them for, you know, the way that they are. Like I said, I don't think it's necessarily our complete um, job to educate them, but also we know way more than they do. And so if you're open to educating, please, like I'm open to educating. 
like when a man steps a boundary with me I'm like please either I can teach you or go read a book like yeah go look something up you need to figure that out um but also not playing mommy to anybody that's another thing um but men have been put in this place where oh you wear not nail polish like that's not manly that's you're not a boy anymore or you can't play with barbies or you can't cry because that's like a woman so men have been trained to kind of subconsciously also find women annoying because they weren't allowed to have that freedom as a child so when they see a woman being free painting her nails playing with barbies playing with dolls playing dress up that agitates them because they were not allowed that freedom as a child yeah i think that creativity and having that like feminine energy is so beneficial to men (laughs) and i think with women We sometimes have more freedom between picking those things. Like, I know women are in sports, like, in high school Mm -hmm. specifically, and they can um, play basketball and things like that. But then if a man wants to join, like, gymnastics, it's seen as, I guess, gay to some people. And it's very, like, shameful if a man wants to express themselves through movement or through dance or through self-expression like painting his nails or dyeing his hair like people have these specific ideas that it's just not okay Mm -hmm. and I think the masculine is really suppressed more than a lot of people acknowledge and I read this book called Untamed by uh, Glennon Doyle and Mm -hmm. there was one chapter where she said that men are in cages just as much as women are in cages and women are often like put into this box that makes them feel small and men are put into like this cage that also makes them feel small but it neglects a lot of the different parts of themselves that they always wanted to express as a child Mm. and so I think it takes a lot of strength for men in a family of people who are like very masculine and saying like oh you have to be a man and you have to do all this but like men who are willing to like paint their nails and express themselves sensually and go to the spa and do all these things that are quote-unquote like feminine are really like shifting things for the masculine because I feel like we had like a divine feminine awakening within like the past few years especially Mm -hmm. with like spirituality becoming more known yeah but there hasn't really been that masculine awakening yet and I feel like it will definitely come within the next couple of years as men are more open to expressing themselves through their sexuality and sensuality more yeah and when you see a man in his not power as in oh he's a big businessman and he has a lot of money to me that's not power when you see a man in power where he is rocking this outfit that is so intertwined with the femininity and the masculinity, and he's walking with confidence, you know, his skin is glowing. That glow is so attractive on anybody because you can really tell they're taking care of themselves spiritually, emotionally, and physically. And, you know, that power is so attractive. That is power. That is knowing who you are and who you want to be and bringing that kindness and that softness into your vessel, into every other action around everybody else. 
and I was um I listened to something or watched something I don't know if somebody sent it to me it's just in the very back of my mind but um this guy was being interviewed I think and he said because it's like kind of dissipating I'm trying to hold on to the thought and um his father was a very no his mother made him feel oh I know what I was watching it's called Stutz and it's with um one of the famous comedians he did a thing on Netflix um for other people that have Netflix and watch a lot you might have heard of it I totally am forgetting but um the therapist um his father he no not father the mother oh my gosh I'm talking in circles the mother hated men and the mother would say men are shit men are shit I hate men fuck them because her dad was abusive and watched her dad abuse everybody in the family including her mom except for her and that made her feel even worse and so the dad would sit there at the kitchen table with the son who's the therapist and would just agree they would have to disagree and so he grew up thinking that men are shit and you know it put him in a place of never feeling like he could ever be good enough for a woman so he never was really in a true romantic relationship because he was so scared of being around women and making mistakes. And that's also not the right, right way of doing things is this new feminist um, boil down of the past since 2020. Even me, myself, have gone through this time of a man makes a mistake and I'm like, fuck you, never talk to me again. Like you crossed a line. And instead of saying like, fuck you, I, I'll tell them once again, you made me uncomfortable please don't ever do that again. And if they do it, I'll respect, respectfully block them and say, please don't talk to me um, yeah. and set up that boundary and keep clear away from him. But we do need more compassion and just blaming a group of people has never solved the issue. And putting fire on fire just makes the fire bigger. And we've been, the feminine and masculine have been such a, butting heads for so many years since women have been stripped of their power that unless we treat love on both sides we will never have peace between the masculine and feminine yeah exactly and I think when you were talking about that it the idea of anger is literally just suppressed sadness came up Mm -hmm. and I realized that a lot of women are really sad that men maybe like mistreated them in the past and it is ancestral like yeah everyone has ancestors who are like raped and mistreated and they have ancestors that were men that were suppressed of their like creative energy and their Mm -hmm. sensuality and their sexuality so we have so much shame in our lineage and in our dna surrounding these topics and it often goes back again to like the catholic church and religion and just right off the bat like adam and eve and how eve ate the apple and how adam like birthed eve like there was just this very misconstrued ideas about the masculine Mm -hmm. and feminine like right off the bat and often i see that men will kind of blame Eve for things based off the Bible and Mm -hmm. all these like very weird concepts that really don't apply to this current day reality um but there has definitely been like this divide between the two genders and like the two uh energies for these two genders 
and it, yeah, it's just very outdated, I think, having this just breakage between the two sacred energies because if you think about it literally gender means nothing like it truly doesn't it's just this idea that society profits off of and Mm -hmm. when we bring them together it's gonna completely change everything and the thing is if it happened like today and gender just wasn't a thing anymore and how everyone came together things like that like no one would really be ready for it like it would be a brain fuck and everyone would be like shocked (laughs) because no one like a lot of people still have that trauma like ingrained in their bodies and if everything shifted today everyone would be like wait what is going on like it would be a total ego ego (laughs) ego death (laughs) to say the least yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would be a total society break and that I think that would put people in psychosis in a way like yeah, we're not ready. And that's the thing is the things have to really get shaken up before this change. And, you know, that's happening all around. Like what's happening in, um, oh, where is it in Iraq? I don't know where it is. Yeah. It's somewhere in the Middle East where women, if they don't wear hijabs, they are literally shot on the street. And there's women that post on TikTok who say, I'm not wearing a hijab. If I don't respond in the next 24 hours with the TikTok, I'm dead. And women are raped and killed and they're forced to have kids. And, you know, this is finally coming to light. Like, good thing we have social media to share these voices and to give power to these people who their power have been stripped of. But it takes both parties. And also knowing that in all cultures around the world, there's always been in the divine cultures, not in American culture, because there's not much culture and anything American to me, except for native peoples, they have culture. Um, But like, what was the words that I was looking for? Um, Oh, in these cultures, like in Hawaii, or you go to South America, or even like the Polynesian islands and other places there, there's this two spirit, and even the Native American um, tribes, Two spirit. That means people that could have both genitalia, or they choose to be both feminine and masculine, and they might wear makeup, or they just look more masculine or feminine, or they're non-binary. Like, this is not a new concept either. That's that's like a blending of all. There's nothing wrong with people choosing to, you know. It, it's a hard conversation uh, amongst a lot of people, and sometimes I have different ideas. But it's it's really none of our business if somebody chooses to identify something else because they're still human um and that's beautiful it's part of the creativity that's blooming within society exactly like what you were saying about like non-binary and how it does go back in to like ancient civilizations like mm-hmm. i think they did express themselves in a lot of beautiful ways but the history books just don't share that with us and that's what like suppresses us more is like what we've learned in school like there's no pictures of like naked bodies and like how beautiful they are and like art class Mm -hmm. like unless you go to Europe and that's a whole different time but here in like America we have such these just weird ways of living that truly don't make sense yeah and I think I don't know it's just like very interesting to me how 
us humans are literally like these weird tiny creatures that walk the planet but we have all these rules to being humans that literally don't make sense like we have to have a job and we have to get married and we have to have kids and we have to make money and pay all these bills like it really doesn't make sense that we have so many limitations and we put these limitations on ourselves and I know you talk about this a lot it's like we're addicted to our suffering and Mm -hmm. we're addicted to the way that things are even if you say like oh I hate going to school like I hate going to work but it's normal to you and it's normal to your like nervous system like that's what Mm -hmm. your body craves now because you've done it so much so if you like just end up quitting your job tomorrow like your body like you were saying you'd go into psychosis like you don't know how to act without these things that keep you going and just like going back to the statement about like our ancestors have all these like traumas and all these like rules like our bodies hold on to that and like our bodies have so much stored trauma especially like stored sexual trauma Mm -hmm. like men and women both have it and I know for me like um I think it's rolfing just talking about like the fascia and the body we have just this whole magical system within our bodies that holds so much energy and all these energy points within our bodies that hold like all this power but no one knows to unlock it unless you're actually willing to study about the medicine that goes into it and we have we don't really know how to connect to our bodies at all and we're never taught that And with women, like we literally are these vortexes and these portals and men, they have like, also they do have portals too, but no one talks about that. And just having that self-pleasure time too is super beneficial, but people don't know how to do it without watching like porn, which totally Mm -hmm. shifts the energy because it's supposed to be just like you and your body when you have moments like that but then you implement like porn too to that it totally shifts it and it it goes into your subconscious and yeah if you want to touch on things like that you can go Mm -hmm. ahead yeah I was gonna add um I know some people that are in sexual relationships and they don't know the pleasure within their own body and they're like oh my partner will figure it out and they can be in a relationship for like six, seven, eight years, and they could never have a real orgasm. Like they could not know like deep pleasure within bodies. Or you talk to somebody and they're uneducated about sex ed, and they will seriously get hurt with uneducation. People get seriously hurt, you know, without understanding what consent is, without understanding, oh, like this is like gosh the amount of stories that I'm sure people have of guys accidentally sticking their penis in a butthole instead of a vagina things like that like people are not educated on female anatomy and same with women like we're not educated on male anatomy to its truest form that with uneducation even people that are transgender and you know they're growing new genitalia or non-binary people how they want to be approached like we just we need to have that open conversation and it needs to not be taboo 
And that's another thing. It's really hard for people to sit there and talk about these things openly and talk about them on podcasts and YouTube videos because there's so much shame. Like, I would never be talking about this stuff out loud last year. I used to hate the word sex like two years ago. Like, I would never say it. Like, God forbid I ever said that word. Like, and now I'm an open book. Like, if somebody wants to talk about it, let's have a conversation about it. And let's not giggle, but let's be honest. Like, okay, this is uh, human anatomy. Let's talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a really, really important thing is not being scared to share these things out in public. And I now talk about it openly on my Instagram. And I have family members that follow me. You know what? If they have an issue with that, then they can go unfollow me. But I want to be a catalyst for education. I want people, young people that follow me. I have like 10-year-olds following me. I do not want them being uncomfortable within sex education. I want them to be able to talk about it openly because they'll be going through puberty and they need that education as well. And within all of our families, there's also like my family does not talk about sex education. Um, And because my family didn't grow up Christian, but we're like, I grew up praying and that's just not like a big conversation. And a lot of families just won't talk about it unless they're, like, more spiritually inclined, I guess. But I've talked to my Christian friends or Catholic friends, and they have no idea. Like, I have super, super religious family that will get married, and they will have, you know, sex that night to make a baby. But a woman doesn't even know what sex is, and that is terrifying to me. Like, her husband is going to do things to her that she was never really explained yeah to about and imagine the fear that's probably riddled in her body that she can't talk about because nobody taught her and if you talk about it at the church you're gonna go to hell like that that's really a a large statement with a lot of depth yeah exactly like the churches did tell you to like keep it in your relationship like don't tell other people about it and I think like women we're very talkative creatures like we have to talk to people like amongst our sisters and like our friendships in order to get like the trauma out and I think mm-hmm. especially like in Christianity they shamed women for talking about their feelings and talking about their relationship because it was supposed to be something that you only talk to with your partner and yeah it's like very interesting And I also realized that there's a lot of, like, throat blockages for women, too. Like, they can't talk about their how they're feeling during sex, especially with their husband, because he just wouldn't Mm -hmm. understand because of how the schooling system is. Like, they're not taught about these things, so how would he even know? So she was taught Mm -hmm. to, like, suppress her voice and suppress how she feels because no one would understand her. But the truth was, like, every woman goes through it. Like, truly every woman understands it. But they couldn't talk to each other about it because it was, like, forbidden. And I realized that with, like, performance during sex, like, women think they have to, like, moan and groan Mm -hmm. and, like, be super loud because they had to please the man. But that also created this, like, blockage in their throat because they weren't being authentic with how they felt and I obviously think like during that sacred time with your partner you can have like you can moan and like things like that 
but I don't think it's going to be like screaming at the top of your lungs like porn (laughs) shows and so it's like very interesting and I know for me like I definitely had a yoni blockage like I didn't feel safe with um self-pleasuring and I was Mm -hmm. like what is that like it makes no sense to me like why is it painful like things like that and it's because like even as like these girls teenagers we're not even taught about our own bodies and and so it's like really foreign for girls to even like touch themselves pretty much but Mm -hmm. I understand there's like these yoni wands these yoni eggs that are made for um understanding your yoni better but not in like that sexual orgasmic way it's more so like feeling how it feels and I know how um Hitomi talks about this a lot she was like the first person I've ever seen talk about sexuality and that's when I started talking to my mom about it because then she's like oh you're curious like I'll talk to you about it and so it's very interesting because like Hitomi was the first person to talk about it openly and being like, well, it's okay to talk and share how your body moves differently and every person's body in the world is different. And so seeing that was so refreshing and I realized like, oh, it's not just this like sexual, highly sexual thing, like highly fantasized thing. It's also this really sacred thing. And Yeah. Yeah, Hitomi was mine too. I remember it was two years ago and I was on Hitomi's page and I saw that and I was like, oh, that's disgusting, like in my head because my own, you know, sexual pleasure to me was disgusting because of how I was taught in school. And some here I was just like, oh, what is that? And why does it feel so uncomfortable? And like all my friends are talking about like touching themselves. And, you know, I was like, 10 years old when my guy friends would be like oh yeah I jerked off like they'd be open about that but then if I said anything or any of my girlfriends said something they'd be like oh you slut we were like 10 years old I was like like whoa like that's a lot so I automatically thought that was disgusting and so when I saw her video I was like oh I don't think I should ever watch that like I can't and then it was like a week later I'm like you know what I'm gonna watch that and it's gonna be educational and it was uncomfortable but I sat through that and I watched it and she talks about everything so openly like she even practiced like how to eat somebody out with an orange like on the screen and I was like holy crap this girl doesn't care and that's that was like my catalyst too I'm just like I don't care anymore like I would much rather have people educated than be in harm like she had put out and I yeah she was definitely like I think a big catalyst for sensuality and sexuality for many many people Mm-hmm. it was like I also when, like when I first saw it I felt a lot of shame around watching it too because I was like oh crap if someone catches me watching this like I'm a bad person right so it's it's so interesting like I think that also it's not ours to carry it's definitely our ancestors like they were definitely ashamed for it I know I know like my mom has a story where she was sitting around the campfire with my great aunt who's like very religious and the great aunt was talking about how like oh no a woman should never touch herself like that is shared between her and her husband and my mom was like but don't you masturbate and my mom was like 15 when she said this to me (laughs) yeah and my great aunt was like oh my god like why would you say that like you need to go pray 
and my mom like she felt so much trauma after that but she also was like I'm confused because everyone does it like you can say you don't do it and you can say you don't get like horny and all that stuff but like even the most religious people in the world like they feel it and it must feel different to them because I know it's like more blocked but it's not it shouldn't be this taboo thing same as like pooping and farting like everyone does it I'm just it's so interesting how it's such like this forbidden thing but what's also interesting is like the most forbidden and banned things are often like the most powerful and potent things and we're just Mm -hmm. like completely denied of it yeah oh my gosh yeah like um there's this kind of like comedy joke um movie and it's called oh god yes and basically it's like this christian girl whose parents super religious she goes to this super religious camp it's all about rediscovering god and she is like you know turned on by everything and um (laughs) it's like this pastor who's like shaming these women for like having sex but then she gets accidentally locked in a closet and this guy is jerking off to porn and she's watching this and him doing this when he was shaming everybody that you shouldn't do that and you should confess your sins if you ever touch yourself and she came up to him and was just like oh yeah i saw this guy's computer and he was jerking off to these specific details and his face dropped and he's like well i need to report them and he knew it was him but exactly even the people like the the churches want to repress this sexual energy because yeah it's so potent it's so powerful like the certain powerful orgasms literally feel like you're being reborn like your whole body shakes you feel this immense amount of beauty that ricochets through your body and it's an amazing feeling and to deny that from somebody that is something entirely entirely wrong because it's so powerful everybody should be able to feel that in their life you know what this also made me think of is the Aubrey Marcus video where he was talking about like sexuality and I sent you the TikTok and he was basically Mm -hmm. saying like when you are climaxing and even like when you're like with yourself Mm -hmm. and you get to that point like you feel like God like you literally are God you are so you're vibrating at such this sacred frequency that you literally become God and you create this like life force energy and then he was saying how when couples are like climaxing, they say like one of two things. They either say like the partner's name or they say like, oh God. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that, but your partner is like literally God. So even if you say your partner's yeah. name or you say, oh my God, like you're literally saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. And what's also interesting is like, this is kind of a different topic, but in religion, god is this outside source and what's interesting is like we literally are god which Mm -hmm. is so if we say that in church like it goes against all their teachings because Mm -hmm. if you are god then everything in this book that was written about this external thing is completely shifted and it completely changes the meaning of everything because like you're this immortal being you're this multi-dimensional thing this thing that has connections to everything around us and our bodies move and like we have all these different energy points like we literally are god but if we go up to someone who's religious and tell them that 
their whole life's gonna shift like they won't even they can't even imagine that that's totally different than anything they've ever been taught but I think that's what society is really suppressing within all of us is like we are these magical godly beings and I think sometimes when I think about this I'm like oh my god that's so egotistical for me to say like I am god like I'm the best thing ever like that's so overly confident and cocky for me to say but that's also society ingraining these terms into us that don't make sense like being cocky and being overly confident is totally different than saying like I am God and like everything around me is equally as beautiful and I love everything like that's totally different but yeah yeah because to say that I'm God means that you're God too narcissism Mm -hmm. is completely different narcissism or egotistical sentences are I'm God but you're not put me on a pedestal you're a peasant that's what narcissism is that's what egotistical stuff is so yeah it's entirely different because when we empower ourselves to be god that's saying everything else is god you're god we're just as magical and we all have our own experiences and that is amazing Mm -hmm. exactly and i was gonna say something else oh yeah like the bible is narcissism because that's literally Mm -hmm. saying like this guy this man up in the sky is on this pedestal and we're all his peasants and it also confuses me that god is like this man but you look around and everything that was created and everything that's walking on this planet was birthed from a female yep so it's it's very different but i personally don't believe that god is a man or a female i think it's a combination of both Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't even think that God can be gendered. I think that God is energy and it does not belong in a human form, but it belongs in a human form at the same time. It's, it's everything. I think it's just energy and we can't, like, I think what we were, like, we, when we really went wrong with society, it was by gendering people saying, oh, it's what you're, it's in your pants. Now you have these rules in society, even non-binary people are people that have different body parts, people that have both body parts like we are limiting ourselves when we put a gender on us because it gives us a role that we don't really want to play and god is the same way if god is everything then we cannot limit it to a gender it's just a golden energy that's the way i envision it 